hit a button, Morty. Give me a beat. Oh, this is a podcast. You're what's good, folks. I appreciate you for tuning in to another episode of this a podcast. This is the show where I, Mech Show, sit down with some of the most talented, hardworking, forward thinking individuals that I know across all kinds of different industries. Um, I know people in music, arts, sciences, business. Um, I like to sit down with these people and just uh, get a really good understanding of how they got so good at what they do, how they maintain um, their skills, not even just maintain, but also improve upon their skills in their career and in their personal lives. Um, A little bit more about me. I am a content creator and I also run a family business uh, full time. Uh, Those are the two things that I do literally seven days a week. Um, 24 hours a day. So within that, I like to talk about a lot of business building, um, personal development, growth, things like that. Uh, So that's usually the scope or the frame of the conversation. But, you know, these things tend to go anywhere. Uh, As a content creator, I produce this podcast. I also produce a few other podcasts that you can find on itsnation.com and not just podcasts, web shows. We got something for everybody, man. If you're into sports, we got Sporty Life TV, web series hosted by my homies, Surgeon Theo Kona, who are uh, football coaches at John F. Kennedy High School. We also have a podcast called The Final Third, hosted by my boy Phil Nana, who is also a head coach, but at uh, Montgomery College, he coaches the uh, he's the head coach of the women's soccer team there. We also got the Bounce Back podcast, hosted by my girl Maylee Smittig. She is a yoga instructor, and her podcast is all about using yoga as a tool for um, resiliency and bouncing back. So she's talking to yoga instructors. She's talking to yogis. She's even talking to just everyday people who are committed to the yoga lifestyle. So that's dope. We got Live from the Back Seat hosted by my girl, Simone Mitchum, um, another talented individual on the team. So yeah, man, we got a whole bunch of things going on on itsnation.com. So definitely check that out. And also, if you, yes, you listening are interested in starting a podcast or have had ideas for a podcast but don't know where to start, uh, reach out to me, man. I'm always down to help people get their thing off the ground. Um, This is a podcast at gmail.com. You can hit me there and we can, you know what I'm saying, definitely get the wheels in motion for all that. But um, yeah. Definitely after this podcast, you know what I'm saying, listen to this first, and then go ahead and step on over to isnation.com and see what else we got going on over there. On this episode, I got Alex Ngonga on tap. She's on Instagram at Olexe, that's O-H-L-E-X-S-E-E. And I thought this uh, conversation was really interesting, really dope. We get into some topics that I don't normally get into on here. You know what I mean? And I think it was really cool. uh, The types of things that we were able to discuss, we get into relationships and communication and vulnerability, um, things that I'm, you know, I'm saying definitely not opposed to talking about, but just haven't really had those types of conversations on here. So it gets really, really interesting, really, really dope. Um, She's also into IT. So we get into uh, that world. And she's also into, she's also a Zumba Zumba instructor. So we're talking a lot about uh, fitness and how that just kind of relates to um, our overall self health. And, and overall, I think this conversation was really dope. She really brought the vibes, you know what I'm saying? So let's just go ahead and get into it.
Got Alex Gonga on tap today, and I'm super excited to have you here. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah, how are you doing? Good, good, good. All right, so um, I want to start off by saying like how we actually like got int- introduced to each other. Um, I don't know if it's an interesting story or not, but <laughs> the story is, is. Um, so we were, we were at Teresa's birthday party. Mm-hmm. And um, I was shooting that show, and she introduced me to you in a way that I just think is super inter- like super interesting. And I don't know if you remember, but she was saying she. she do you want to? She's go been for it. Yeah. telling me about you. Okay, she's like, you gotta meet Emeka. Oh my gosh, your ideas are so great, and it matches so much with what Emeka's doing. I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then even like prior to meeting you and talking about you, she's always like. My Ebo neighbors up the hill. So I'm looking like, what? I mean, yeah, yeah, what hill? <laughs> and then I get here and I'm like, this is it's literally what she described. It's a driveway, yeah. yeah. So it's like, yeah. So Emeka, I mean, um, Teresa has talked you up like so much. So I'm like, that's okay, crazy. Hope I can live up to that. Teresa is a friend of mine. Yeah. So. But um, but I what I thought was interesting though is she introduced me to you as like a relationship guru, like matchmaker of sorts, and I just think. That's super interesting because I've never like in my social circles, networking circles, or even just like in my age group met somebody that would be described as that. And I'm kind of interested, like, why amongst your friends are you considered the relationship expert? Like, what is it about you? And you know what I mean? Like, I'm in- I'm just interested in that. Well, that's a good question. Yeah. Do you know what it is? Like, I feel like there's so much love to go around mm-hmm. if that makes sense okay yeah um i hate to say that i'm a hopeless romantic because i'm a hopeful romantic mm-hmm. i believe in timing i believe in communication mm-hmm. and i just feel like communication is something that this generation of millennials kind of struggles with we're so used to social media being behind technology <clears throat> whereas old school would you say they're so used to meeting and, you know, building relationships in person. Mm-hmm. And we're so used to forums, Instagram, Twitter. And it's just like, to me, I've watched different relationships, such as like my parents' marriage, um, relationships I've been in, relationships my friends have been in. And it's not just like boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife type things. I think about relationships in general. Yeah, so it could be like person to person. Yeah. Mother, yeah. daughter, sibling, brother, sister, sister, brother, friend, romance. Friend. Yeah. Exactly. So when I think and I when I think about like the relationships in my life and the relationships I see, I just think about like communication and how to better relationships. So that's why I think like, oh, I can, you know, be a a counselor yeah, or a yeah. therapist because I love to talk. Mm-hmm. And my solution to a lot of things is talking things out. Like, I love to communicate. I love social media. I love the aspect of technology and talking. But I love face-to-face interaction, getting to know people, all that stuff. So when I think about relationship and communication, I'm like, oh, let's put these two together and mm-hmm. make things work. So that's how I got this little title of relationship group. Is it? But is it? I know <clears throat> I'm not trying to put any like body out there or anything like that, but I know Teresa told me like within you guys' friend group, you actually like matched people up together successfully, you yes. know what I'm saying? Like yes. on numerous occasions, which I just, yes. so like when she told me that, I was like, okay, like she's not just saying this just to say mm-hmm. this, like there's something here, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But um, also I'm interested because like the communication thing, I feel like not to say that I disagree with the whole 
social media communication versus how I, I would say like maybe our parents communicated because mm-hmm. like I look at communication as communication like however a generation or a uh even if you want to just like bring it down to singular people, however they best communicate with each other, like to me, that's what it is. And I feel like if this generation is communicating best through like apps and stuff like that, it's just kind of like what it is, you know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? Because I feel like, I mean, yeah, like definitely all of the qualities that we like about face-to-face communication are good qualities and they're Mm -hmm. there. I feel like there's also those for the other versions of communication. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Especially oh, yeah. if you like you grew up in that. You know what I mean? That's what I wanted to say about communication. Mm-hmm. But um and we can even dig deeper into that. But I was wondering more specifically, like w- how do you go about the matchmaking. Yeah. <laughs> like that's very interesting. Funny enough, um I am a social butterfly. Is that the word? Um, I've heard that, that word. Before. I've heard that I term before, so I would say that it is. I'm very social. Mm-hmm. There's my times where I want my solitude and I want to be alone. I don't really want to be around people. But if I'm out and I'm, I'm around people, I love people. I love to talk. So, mm-hmm. like I said, I'm always a conversation starter, or I'm always trying to get the party started. So, um, I travel. I go out. Um, I meet a lot of people. I have a lot of friends. I have a lot of associates. <laughs> Straight so, up. Um, I just want to say. Um, <laughs> So I saw you at Gus's birthday party the other day. Um, mm-hmm. That's kind of how we set all this up. Mm-hmm. But uh, I remember talking to you and just like every five minutes, somebody would come oh, up God. to you. Yep. Say that. I was like, yeah, I'm literally like, you're literally the coolest person here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I was like, no, like literally every five minutes, somebody's coming up well, and like yeah. just making it known that they said something to you. Exactly. What the fuck because... is going on in here? But yeah, I continue. literally is because I'm social. Yeah, so like, yeah. I know a lot of people. So like when I go out, um, I'm a social media person. I love social media. So um, when I go out, I'm with my friends, with my associates, whoever's on the social scene, I'm with them. So when I'm snapping or making an Instagram story, I have a whole bunch of friends and followers who are like, oh my gosh, who's that? Or oh my gosh, he is fine. Or oh my gosh, <laughs> sis, you know, all these fine men. And I'm like, yeah. I don't know if they're fine, but yeah. uh, okay. <laughs> like, or like my guy friends are like, oh my gosh, who's your girl? So it's like, I'm like, there's people no are way inquiring. all these people yeah, <laughs> need help yeah. like meeting people. So yeah. then I thought, okay, y'all always ask my who my friends are and my other friends who don't know my other friends are like, okay, well put me on, boom. Let me see how I can make, you know, something out of this. Mm-hmm. So that's when I was like, okay. I started with something simple because I saw from another person who was like advertising her girlfriend's like, you know, bachelorettes of the week. So I was like, hmm, let me try that. Yeah. So I told my followers one day on Instagram, I was like, hey, you know, if you're single and looking to date or on the market, let me know. I'm just going to give you a little shout out. Let everybody know your DMs are open (laughs) and we can go from there. So I didn't think that I was going to get the turnout that I got. Mm -hmm. So when I did get the turnout I got, I was like, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. This could go into my whole relationship guru type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Because the matchmaking is there. So I got an overwhelming response. Like, I was like, whoa, I didn't think that people were really into this the way they were. So I started off posting, like, my single friends, the ladies, and then I posted the men. And then I'd have, like, a, a week where I just post single ladies, 
a week where I post single men and I just got like really good like feedback and mm-hmm. turn around on that. And some of my friends were telling me like, yeah, you know, I've been talking to Shorty ever since you posted her. <laughs> I always just want to tell you like, shout out to you. You a real one or That's crazy. you're the real MVP. And I'm like, I really didn't think it was yeah, like yeah, that. Of course. It was like an experiment. I was like, okay, there's so much more I can do with this yeah, platform. Yeah. Yeah. So I am actually looking into doing like events where people meet face-to-face, so you kind of get a break from, like, you know, the Tinder, mm-hmm. the Soul Swipe, whatever those apps are. I'm not really an app person when it comes to dating. Yeah. I, like, when I mention, like, old school and meeting face-to-face, that's a preference. I, I think like. that's the, I think it's a preference thing, 100%. It is a you preference know what I'm saying? Because me, I'm not really into, like, I, I love social media, mm-hmm. but for a dating platform, I just can't. Yeah. Like, I got to meet you. I got to know who knows you. I got to know, like, more. I'm, yeah, I'm you got to get to know you in person. person. I feel yeah. you. Yeah. I'm a cybersecurity person. So, if we go on based off social media, <laughs> I'm digging for a little bit more. Yeah, you already know. Like, this person might not be the yeah, same. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, I'm looking for a little bit more than what's on your handle, what's on your page. I'm looking for the stuff you're not posting. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking for the dirt okay <laughs> straight, so, up, straight up I'm not really an online dating person I've tried and it's just like mm. yeah, yeah so when I mention that I, it's really more so of my preference but yeah. I know that it works for certain people I have a younger cousin who just got married to someone she met on social media so yeah I'm about to shoot a, I'm about to shoot a wedding this summer for a couple that met on social media Boom. so, so it happens it yeah. happens so yeah I'm interested in knowing though okay so you said you said like communication um, and relationships is important, and I think that's like common knowledge. Like mm-hmm. we always know the knowledge. I mean, is common. The mm-hmm. practice of it, you know, what I'm saying isn't so much, but we know like communication is key in relationships and stuff like that. Um, something that I feel like is becoming another common thread as far as. Uh, relationship building and I'm talking about any kind of relationship not just boy girl like friend to friend uh, parent to uh, uh, child mm-hmm. um, the, yeah uh, the word vulnerability mm-hmm. do you hear that a lot like oh, yeah. out there yeah I feel like that's becoming the thing now you know what I'm saying yeah. like be vulnerable be like mm-hmm. stuff like that I just kind of want to get your two cents on like how you like what do you think about when you think of that word or when you hear people use it or when you like try to apply it in your own life like what do you like how do you think about vulnerability i'm gonna speak based off of this generation being generation is it generation x like what generation are we i don't know um, millennials. I think we're after millennials. I mean, if you're talking about us, we yeah, are millennials. We are but millennials. like the next one that's it's like becoming generation. adults, I think is Generation X or okay. Z. So let me talk um, based on millennials. Maybe even people in general, mm-hmm. not just millennials. Nobody wants to be vulnerable. People have been hurt. People have been through this. People have been through that. And vulnerability is something that people shy from. So when it comes to relationships, nobody wants to be vulnerable or it takes time to get vulnerable. Yeah, definitely. Because there's so many layers that you have to peel to get vulnerable and nobody wants to be hurt or nobody wants to go through the same trauma that they've been through in the past. So when it comes to vulnerability, it's like it takes a while to get there or it's like people don't want to get there. So they shy away like... Something that I've noticed with this particular generation in my personal life, as well as like dating, like from my personal experience, I'm so used to hearing, oh, I'm not looking for a relationship. Oh, I'm 
I'm not going to get married or just like, but after speaking more and more and more to certain people who say I'm not a relationship type person, you can hear in their undertones, you just want to be loved. And that's a natural <laughs> human thing. Like everybody just want to be loved. Like <clears throat> you don't want a relationship, but you want to do everything that relationships require as far as being in a relationship, like monogamous or even not even monogamous. You want to hold hands. You want to go out. You want to go catch dinner. You want to get intimate. You want to get in bed. But you don't want a relationship. Mm, you don't want everything a you mutual excuse, ex- Which, mutually exclusive, yes, or like, yes. com- like commit. Maybe commit. like you know what I'm saying. Of course, those mm-hmm. things. You know what I'm saying. That those play in exactly. And then with the vulnerability, people have been hurt. People have been hurt based off of who they've dated in the past, what they've seen in their parents' marriage, what they've seen in their friends' relationships and marriage. So they don't want to make themselves vulnerable because they think that, you know, if I let this person in, this person may hurt me, this person may use what they've learned or what they've seen against me. So it's like, as far as relationships are involved, you have to have a a level of vulnerability. Your guard cannot always be up. And it's okay to take time to get there, but you cannot just see, be like, oh, well, you know, I don't want to be in a relationship. I don't want to because you're avoiding being vulnerable with the mm-hmm. person. You can't grow with the person unless you let your guard down. Yeah. You know what? I honestly feel I feel 100 percent what you're saying. Um, I would take it like even like a low key step further and say that with vulnerability, it's a lot of how you feel about yourself first. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I feel like if you are if you have a certain level of comfortability with yourself, mm-hmm. people can't use what you tell them against you. You know what I mean? That part. You know what I mean? Like That part. I agree. I just feel that way about I it. Agree. You know what I'm saying? So I feel everything that you're saying with that on top. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to take it right back to you <laughs> and bring it to my life and my personal experiences. There was a time, a point in time in my life, which is very recently, where I was dating, but I wasn't sure if I wanted to be in a relationship because where I was personally in life is not where I wanted to be. This is when I started school. I was working a job and I didn't really like the job. So I kind of withdrew from the job and I was temping. So I wasn't really where I wanted to be because I was at home. I was temping. I just didn't see myself where I wanted to be at the time in life. I was like, I'm like 20, I want to say six, 20, yeah, about 26. At this point, I'm at home, I'm in school, I'm working a job, I cannot stand. Now I'm temping. And the one thing I thought maybe I could do is have like a good, healthy relationship. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm not really in a stable place. So is the relationship really what I want? Or do I just want to play around? Like, what do I want to do? And sometimes like, you can't really harbor a good relationship with someone else if you're not okay with where you're at right now. And I don't know if that makes sense, but you kind of got to be in the right space because you can't entertain anybody if you're not personally okay mm-hmm. or or comfortable with where you're at right now. I agree with that. Because if you're not comfortable, you try to force something with somebody, not only are you hurting the other person, you're hurting yourself. So it's like, as far as dating's concerned, you have to be in a dating space like you have to be okay i'm okay with what i have going on right now i'm okay with 
I'm not saying that you dating, you're always going to be in the right mental space, but you got to know as far as timing, is it okay for me to date right now? Am I where I want to be? Am I okay with entertaining another person? Like, am I okay with myself before I add anybody else to the picture? Because at the end of the day, you're going to end up hurting that person in yourself because you're not mentally prepared or you're not, the timing is off. Mm -hmm. So I had to literally, after dealing with somebody and realizing, hmm, I may be saying one thing and one another thing, and I'm kind of confused with what I want, and it's showing mm-hmm. because he's kind of like, well, you don't know what you want. I don't have time. Like, I know what I want, or I don't want that. Or it's like I ended up hurting myself because I'm like, I put out one thing, but I'm doing another, and I really don't know what to do because my actions not matching my words. And now, not only am I hurt because he's like deuces, but like he's hurt because he's like, you don't know what the hell you want. Yeah. So it's like. You got to know if it's your time to date, it's your time to date, but don't force it. Like, don't force it. Yeah. um, I feel like, I feel you. And I feel like knowing that is a hard thing to, you know what I'm saying? Like, how do you know something like that? It it won't come overnight. I had to, I had to be intentional. But but like, even, I guess like a, a question on top of my question is like how like how do you even recognize I feel like you got to be super self aware to even recognize that you're like hurting like that you know what I'm saying like, it's not even super self aware sometimes honest or... it comes from being hurt yeah people don't know how to deal with hurt yeah the hurt can come from yourself it can come from somebody else it can come from outside force it can come from within it hurt. When you're hurt, you're left with a decision to dwell on that hurt and just be hurt for life. Or you can figure out how to get over that hurt or mend that hurt or like move past that hurt. I came to the decision of I need to figure out what I'm doing. Like it comes to a certain point where you can't just continue to come to blame failed relationships on the people you're dating because 100%. the people you're dating are different people and the reflection of what you allow into your life what you are looking for in your, exactly. you know what I'm saying so that's a hundred percent of reflection on you as a person so you want to be honest with yourself if you have five relationships in one year you can't blame it on those five different people <laughs> straight up you're gonna have to take a look into yourself so with that being said I was hurt I was sad I was crying I this is probably like the first time I really boohoo like weeped over a man because I like this man so much and I'm like what happened so it's like I had to come to a place where it wasn't just like he did this he did that he did me wrong I had to come to a place where, where I was like so what did I do like what did I portray what did I put out there what did I do wrong And how can I learn from that so I'm not falling into the same hurt? Because when people get hurt, it's so easy to be the angry black woman or so easy to be the bitter man who thinks bitches ain't shit Mm -hmm. and women who thinking niggas ain't shit. When at the end of the day, you got to figure out what you got going on. It's not always the niggas ain't shit or the bitches ain't shit. You got to figure out what you got going on. Yeah. So... Um, it took me getting hurt to really sit back and like reevaluate, like, what do I have going on? Like, let me take a step back. What, what do I have to offer? What can I bring to the table? What can I improve about myself in order to improve, to be a better person, to be in a relationship? And how can I learn from my past experiences so I don't go through that same hurt or that same pain or that same scenario again? 
So it took me about a year. I want to put like about a year on it of no dating, no entertaining any men, just trying to figure out my goals, accomplishing those goals and everything. And I can actually sit here and tell you that when I took the time to focus on myself and I know people be like, oh, girls get their heart broken, want to lean to God and focus on themselves. It's okay to do that. Yeah. It is okay to I do that. I wouldn't even say it's like just girls because like my, I wouldn't say it's just women because my, my, I have a story that literally parallels what mm-hmm. you're talking about. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like since you were so vulnerable, I will do the same. Um, no, nah, but like, I, yeah, like I definitely experienced like heartbreak like early in college, not early in college, but like in college. And um, honestly, I look back on that whole situation and credit it like, actively credited tell like my homies about like when I'm when I like kind of like tell my homies about like how this whole like nation thing happened like it was really because of that instance like that like me getting my heart broken back then like really made me like it put me in such a funk that like I had no choice but to like look at myself you know what I'm saying like yeah because like I, I spent months just kind of like blaming other people looking at other people um saying just like not feeling good enough because of how I thought I looked through other people's eyes, you know what I'm saying? Shit like that. So it wasn't until um, really like when I first had to move back home and just kind of was here by myself, you know what I'm saying? Just, and I always tell people like alone time is really the best time to really find yourself and like not not to sound corny but that's exactly what i did and it's that like forced alone time you know what i'm saying because sometimes when we when we place when we say oh we're gonna go somewhere go to a hotel for a weekend or whatever you know what i'm saying that's not what i really am talking about i'm talking about i was alone like my own thoughts for like yeah. a good like four five months at a time you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying and <clears throat> that's when I really just started like grinding on yeah. on making videos, learning how to make videos, learning how like really just trying to be creative and just like get my creativity expressed. And then through that, thinking about how just kind of thinking about what I liked, what I what I stood for, what I wanted out of myself. You know what I'm saying? But just like super focusing on myself. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I look back like over the course of like the last like five six years. It, it started from that you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying like I can literally point to that mm-hmm. as that was when like I remember how I felt then and I remember the kind of like stepping stones that got me feeling how I feel now you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying so yeah man I would say it's very interesting too because you hear so many successful people and successful on any level you want to look at that can credit heartbreak or something traumatically bad happening to them kind of like getting their shit together. Mm -hmm. But you can also see it in maybe more people where they let that shit break them. You know what I'm saying? Like, do you have two cents on that? It could go either way. It could literally go either way. And it's crazy because it's like after the storm, there's a rainbow. But you have to be intentional. You have to chew. You have to want to do better. It's either. That's 100% right. You bask in your misery or you move upward and onward. Like I'm at a place where now I'm happy. I'm stepping into my career. I'm going hard. I have my own place. Like I'm in a mental space where I'm I'm ready and able to entertain a man in my life because I'm in a mental space where I'm happier. Like I think about like what I was going through then, then and dealing with that person and where I'm at now. And I'm like, you know what? I'm at a place where I'm strong. Like I'm happy with what's going on. Blessings are flowing like how I would 
carry myself now and how I carried myself then would have been way different. Mm -hmm. You have to make sure you are, you have to be intentional about your dating, about like whatever, whatever you choose to pursue. Don't just pursue it because, hey, all my friends got a boyfriend. I'm gonna get a boyfriend too. No, you have to be ready for a boyfriend like you have to say okay now's the time where i'm ready to settle down and don't just entertain just entertain you have to be into intentional about what you're doing and who you're entertaining because not only is it your life it's their life too so you got to be fair that's true that's true um i want to like super rewind a little bit um let's go to like to your childhood what was what was your childhood like what was it like growing up in your household i come from a two-parent home my parents are married yes so, um, <laughs> but that don't, it's, it's, I seen them go through some things. So I wouldn't say like, you know, it's been all easy and mommy, daddy, please forgive me. I seen it all. Not hundred percent. But I like the reason I say yes is just because, you know, it's good. It's like, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just like always good. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's, um, that's important. Just it like as kids, you know what I'm saying? It is important. And, and I'm, I'm sure that. It's most people's goals to raise their kids in a two-parent home. Like, you know, it's not easy to be a single parent. Mm -hmm. It's for sure not easy to have a child and watch your parents go through a divorce. It's it's not not easy. Um, But I come from a two-parent home. Um, My mother talks to me about everything from relationships to sex. Like, Like it's from young? From, I wouldn't say, like, my conversations with my mother now pertaining to relationships and sex was definitely not our okay. conversations back in the day. Yeah. But my mother would always tell me, like, you know, keep yourself pure, okay. like, make sure you're safe. Yeah. You can't really stop your child. Yeah. Like, you can you can guide them. You can tell them, no, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. But you can't really stop your the child. The only reason I ask is because, like, I've never, I didn't really have any kind of, like, formal sex talk sex education talk with my parents and i didn't i I really now that i think about it i mean i never like actively asked but Mm -hmm. i don't think any of my friends did i mean i don't know like but i I never heard of any of my friends saying like oh my parents had to talk with me you know what i mean like my parents had to talk with me oh that's interesting i thought it was a tv thing honestly (laughs) and and a lot of homes are different yeah yeah, yeah. i I definitely hear that a lot coming from my african friends or nigerian cameroonian friends where like sex is taboo yeah it's like it's kind of implied you're not having it you're not having it you don't have it if you, you have sex have you will it. die and it's like okay so you go have sex now you're pregnant and you don't know what to do because in nine months the secret is like out there so it's like what do you do the secret's out <laughs> like, there straight up so it's like but in my home it was always a discussion like it was always like are you pure and I'm like yeah. Oh, so like, they were actively asked. Yeah, like, they were actively. They, they like, where's your V card right now? Yeah. <laughs> like, and there were times where, like, growing up, my parents would have their suspicion where they were like, hmm, go out and pee on this stick. <laughs> oh, like, no why? Way. Like, what does that mean? No what am I peeing on this stick for and not pee on the stick? <laughs> okay, and then realize, pregnant. yeah, like, like, dang, y'all really, like, what is you- This is news to both of us. Like, <laughs> Exactly, because I wasn't doing that. Okay, like, okay. we would have our yeah, conversations yeah, yeah. and my parents would have their suspicions, but, like, it was never taboo in my home. Like, I wouldn't mm-hmm. even sit here and be like, yeah, we never talked about sex. No, my mother tried her best like, there'll be times where we'll be having a regular conversation. Like, oh, are we going to eat Chipotle? Are we eating condoms? Oh, I'll be using condoms. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? At Chipotle? About? Like, <laughs> exactly. So it was never really taboo. My mom always made it like her her 
her job or it her duty to the, talk to about at it. Least yeah, because if up. you don't address it, that's when people go out and they they, they think like, it's not important or it's not even important. There and I'm gonna tell you a really sad story that I heard about. Okay, um, my mom was very involved with like the um, Cameroonian community, so. A lady, her daughter passed away at the age of 16. And I was like, Mom, why did that little girl die? Nobody knew for a while. After they did her autopsy, they found out the girl was suffering from chlamydia and she died from chlamydia, which is curable because she didn't know how to go and tell yeah. anybody. And, you know, when you go to the clinic under a certain age, they have to notify your parents. Mm-hmm. So she was conflicted she was scared with about how that. to. Yeah. So it was like, the earlier you can tell your children about it, the better. Like, mm-hmm. don't make it taboo because if anything, I would want my parents, my children to come to me for help as opposed to like shying Keep away it from, from you me. and yeah. then like something happening. Yeah. Like, no matter how much you tell your children, don't have sex, don't have sex, don't, the opportunity is going to come when you're not around. Mm-hmm. And the only way to equip them with the right, you know, mindset is to talk about it. Mm-hmm. You have to talk about it. You can't shy away from it. It's how they got there. Like, that's point very curious. So my childhood, there was nothing that was really taboo. Of course, my mother felt more comfortable talking to me about things than my dad because I'm a girl. My mm-hmm. dad's a man. So, yeah. Like, he would have the talk with the boys, but my mother never made anything uncomfortable. She always welcomed me to talk about things. Like, sometimes I'm nervous to talk to her because... She's a mother, so she yeah. She's so your much. mother too. Exactly, she works <laughs> you don't want her to so judge much. You. Exactly, and like when I'm dating a guy, like I don't want some guy that's only gonna last for a week for me to bring up my mom to them because it's like, you know, I want somebody who I know is gonna last and someone I can bring around my mom. Because if I'm telling my mom about John, Peter, Paul, and Sam, she's gonna be like, okay, so what you got going? Because <laughs> you bringing a new man exactly around every week. week. So I want to make sure that like if I'm talking to a guy or I'm dating a guy, I see him in the long run because I'm not just gonna bring any type of anybody yeah, to yeah. my family. Like I'm, sure. I love my family. Me and my family were close, we're intimate. Like if I'm bringing you in, it means you're here for the long run. It, it doesn't mean like it's gonna be a one night stand and yeah. whatever. Like so, I'm very very particular about who I bring to my family because my upbringing was. You know, do things and do it right. Mm-hmm. We're not going to force you. We're not going to beat you. You're a grown woman. We're going to guide you. We're going to tell you what's right. We're going to tell you what's wrong. At the end of the day, it's your choice to make the decision of what you want to do. And I think that I was raised very, very well. I got the whoopings of a lifetime growing up. Really? But I don't regret that at all because I know right from wrong. For doing like what type of stuff? Like what type of stuff would you get whooped for? I was pretty troublesome. Were you? <laughs> yeah, I was pretty. I was always in a fight. I was always fighting from middle school to high school. I didn't like disrespect because I'm a really, really, I'm a really, really, really nice person. So the second I feel disrespected, yeah. threatened, belittled, yeah, any of that. The only reason I laugh at that, the only reason I laugh is not that it's funny. It's just that as kids, Mm -hmm. we can take anything as any of those things. You know what I'm saying? Like like our threshold for what's disrespect and what's just like someone like saying, you know what I mean? Like our threshold is just kind Mm -hmm. of like, it's very variant. You know what I'm saying? So I'm sure like if you're always getting in fights, like how often are you actually being disrespected? I was always in fights. I was always. Always in fights. It could be the simplest thing. Like, it, I remember this girl was talking about my feet, about my pedicure. And I was like, excuse me? Excuse you fought me? her for that? I fought her. <laughs> I fought her. 
She said something about my feet. I was like, what does my feet have anything to do? Come here. Mm-hmm. I'm beating your ass. Come here. That's funny. Like, it was, I was always in a fight. And every time I fought in school and got suspended, it was ting, ting at home. Oh, you want to go out and fight? Come on. <laughs> come on, meet your match at home. And I'm like, daddy, please, no. And my dad would box me. Like, no way. Box, like, beat me up. He's like, you want to fight? No, come on, fight. Like, <laughs> like let you, let you rumble with him. <laughs> Of course, yeah, that's funny as hell. So, like, I was always in fights, or like they would go to work, and like I'd be home all day with my brothers. I'm the oldest, well, my mom's oldest, so they would um, go to work, and I'd be like, "Mm, I really want to hang out with my friends. So, listen, we're gonna go outside. You gonna this me and my little brothers. You gonna go hang out with your friends. I'm gonna go hang out with my friends. We gotta meet back at five o'clock. Get in the house, clean the house, and go to bed before mom and dad come. Okay, bet team, boom. <laughs> so it's like some days they would come off work early, and and we would just be scattered. Fucking TVs on, lights on, everything. Like, just we were really like... bad with time management. Instead yeah. of cleaning before we go out, we of course clean after we go yeah. out. So it was like sometimes they come home early. Not only is the house not clean, we outside scattered. Yeah, yeah. So it's like there was always things that we were trying to do around the system, like to to, to kind of make the rules to follow the rules, but like do Bend it in our them. favor. Yeah. yeah. Of so it was just like. I was, I wouldn't say mischievous. I was just, I guess, curious. Like, I just wanted to do Yo, me. 100%, like, the way I look at childhood is, like, that's what childhood it's is, about. man. Like, mm-hmm. they give you the rules, and <clears throat> you you just, like, play within them as much yeah. as you can. And, like, you try to, you try to like, stri- look smart. at it in a circle, right? Mm-hmm. Look at it like a circle. You try to, like push this like little yeah. nudges in the circle like out a little with. bit like every single time yo until you get that one like big like in trouble moment yeah. you know what i'm saying and then you know what i'm saying draw back a little bit but then you again you start to try to like see what yeah. you can get away with i think that's super funny because i was on that same type of shit man like i i i, I knew what i was allowed to do and what i wasn't allowed to do mm-hmm. but I'm, i was always kind of just playing pushing yeah pushing the <laughs> buttons a little bit you know what i'm saying and then it's funny when when I would get in trouble, I would kind of always just be like, I would I would kind of like act oblivious, like you know what I'm saying. I'm like, what are y'all talking about? Like you, said, you know what I'm saying? You said you said do this, I did that, and then I did you know what I'm saying? Like the you said, clean the house, I clean the house. That I was just going crazy. out to play. Um, yeah, like so you mentioned your siblings. What was it like having? You said you're one of five. No, I'm one of four. One of four. Mm-hmm. I'm the only girl. Okay, and yeah, so like, what was it like? All brothers. Hmm, I want to say spoiled, but not really. Um, I love having all brothers. Mm-hmm. I want to have all sons because I'm used to growing up with men. Mm-hmm. I definitely grew up as a tomboy. But it wasn't like a, you're not sick of growing up with men? No. I feel like my sisters, like my, like especially when my sisters got into like their adolescent ages, they hated me and my brother. Oh, I love Because men. we shared like the same like bathroom. Like from young, young, we shared the same room, the four of us. <laughs> like four kids in one yeah. room. And then when, yeah. we, when we got older and moved, we me and my brother had a room, my, sis, my two sisters just had a room but we shared a bathroom mm-hmm. they hated sharing a bathroom with us dog yeah. like but you didn't I mean, experience that no because i come from a home where my dad is mr clean like when i say okay. mr clean like i will go check the mail and come back he said did you wash and i'm like 
I just went to. It's hot outside. You went to the mailbox and you're sweating. Go take a shower. Yeah. Like, no way. I come from a home where my dad's really clean and he don't play with us about cleanliness. So like, majority me and my siblings are very clean. And um, growing up in a house full of men, I like I'm not even going to sit here and gas them, but I am going to sit here and gas them. Like my brothers are amazing. Like. They are amazing men. They are amazing brothers. They are amazing boyfriends. Like, I couldn't... I have the best example of how a man should treat a woman for my brothers. Yeah. Like, my brothers... I think the fact that they're clean is, like, kind of just, like, like, exactly. like number one. Because, like, literally all the issues that arose in my house were Was about... Cleanliness. You know what I'm saying? Us like making our sisters mad because of something that we didn't even realize mm-hmm. was an issue you know yep. what i'm saying my brothers are clean um my brothers treat me with respect like i don't think that like the only time i've had to clean my car is when i've moved out of the house oh wow like as far as like snow don't even wipe it off mm-hmm. my car mm-hmm. Trash shaking out, don't even do it. Like, of course, I do the domestic woman stuff, like cook, yeah, clean the kitchen, all that. But like, when it comes to raising like a hand on like anything like handyman work, I got brothers and, and yeah. a father who takes care of it. I think me growing up with boys has been like awesome. Like, I know I want to raise sons because I raised my younger brothers. I have an older brother. My dad has raised me the best way he has been able to raise me. Like, I love, I'm here for the mm-hmm. empowerment of men, black men in general. I love black men. Y'all are kings. Like, <laughs> I have no complaints, no worries. Like, growing up, I was super guarded. I just feel like, mm, my brothers got away with a little bit more than me because they're yeah, boys. Yeah. And I'm a girl. Like, you know, with a guy, they can bring home one girlfriend. Okay, that didn't work. Bring home another girlfriend, that didn't work. But a woman... You can't just bring because <laughs> now yeah. it's like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Whereas, if it's a guy bringing home a new girl every week, it's, what's wrong with them? So it's like <laughs> you gotta pick your pick yeah. your poison accordingly. But like, definitely, as far as growing up with men, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Like yeah. I've learned so much about men growing up with men. I know exactly how I want to and can be treated by a man based off of the men that I've grown up with. Yeah. So. Now, I think it's interesting just to touch on what you were saying about like um like the domestic women and man stuff. That's I raised I was raised in a household too where, you know what I'm saying, the men did the manly stuff, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And you know, of course it's like today it's kind of super blurred. Yeah, it's just like, like it's super blue, like on both sides of like what each sex is supposed to do. It's like super blurred. But I I've kind of always just felt like do what you're comfortable doing and don't mm-hmm. do what you're not comfortable doing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I like this that. shouldn't I, I don't think you should be with someone who's the who feels the, the same, same way. way. Like I don't I I hate this notion of people are supposed to do anything. You know I what I'm saying? I don't like that either. It, that's to me it doesn't make sense. When I was in college, I made my own meals. You know what I'm saying? Like Thank you. but when I'm home, like I don't make my own meals. <laughs> you know what I'm exactly. I just don't. Like I just and it's not that I don't want to or not. It's just like I don't even don't incorporate it into my day because I don't yeah. have to. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Whereas like when I did have to, I did and I had no problem with it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm interested in knowing, uh, like, boy, like uh, dating aside, like, what were you doing and like as a kid for fun, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what were you yeah, doing so... to like pass the time? Like, what were you interested in? You know what I'm saying? So when I was in high school, 
I wasn't really thinking about dating. I just had so much going on. Like I was trying to get money. Yeah, like what? Like so I'm saying. Like, like what? Are you, what were you like doing? I was the captain of the step team in high school. Okay. I had a a job. I was working at Dairy Queen, which is the first job I ever worked at in my life. Shout crazy, out to Dairy crazy, Queen. crazy, crazy. Yeah. yeah, right in Germantown, across from Seneca Valley High School. Yeah. Um, I had school. I had to prepare for college, but I ended up having a little boo. Um, <laughs> I don't want to say no names. Yeah. Because Lord knows where this is going to circulate. <laughs> you, know, you don't Those have to. You don't got to say it. You can share whatever you feel comfortable sharing. <laughs> Those who know me in high school knew mm-hmm. I had a little boo. Shout out to him. <laughs> he was my man. And um, so we started the whole dating thing. And I, I don't know if it's called dating because when you're that young and you don't really drive and don't really have money. Um, I don't know if it's called dating, but he was my boyfriend. I was his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And um, I really liked him. He really liked me. Um, I was infatuated by someone who was so interested in me. Because um, I'm like, little old me. Right. <laughs> like, That's so, so funny. So it was cool. We were cool. Um, I think it started in 10th grade. I'm not exactly sure. Um, but he was my little boo up until senior year. Um, and we were secretly dating. Um, so 10th grade when we started dating, we were secretly dating and my parents didn't know. I didn't know how to tell my parents that I had a boyfriend with all the other things I was juggling as far as work, school, extracurricular, and then now I have a boyfriend. Did you feel like that was something you had to juggle? Like y'all didn't just see each other when y'all were in school? Like- we did see each other when we were <laughs> like- in school, but the, the whole thing was like, when are we going to get to see each other outside of school? That's what I'm saying. Oh, Should so that was something that you're always trying to plan. That's what exactly. you mean. Okay. So you're, you're juggling so, that. So, um, he was Caucasian. From Miami <laughs> County. Okay, um, this makes so much more sense now. <laughs> but he has soul. Now the story's coming together. He has soul. Nah, he has I mean, soul. of course. Like, like a, you yeah, know, like, what's so funny, too, and um, because, like you said, like, this could end up anywhere. <laughs> but, like, it's funny. It's inter- it's, we have to say that, like, we're, we are in Montgomery County. Yeah. And, like, it's just so diverse here that... Mm-hmm. I, like it's like yeah, that's not even a thing, you know what I'm saying? Like right. at least at, like here, it's like it really, it's you know what I'm saying? It's really and it's crazy because I went to an HBCU and mm-hmm. when I was in college, like people couldn't fathom that I was just so unbelievably just like well rounded as far as like racially, like yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, people, people, I, I people will pull up on me like or, like look at me like I was the like quote unquote white guy, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, and it's and I was just like just because I'm like it I'm was so ingrained out. in my. Just yeah. like how I was as a kid, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that was my little boo thing, and he played football, and I was on a step team, and I was a captain. Match made in heaven. Yeah, so um, we would hang out, like we would do stuff, like after practice. He had football practice, I had step team practice. So it was always like we were trying to juggle so much, but we were trying to spend all the time we could get together because it was like high, high school sweetheart. So um, one time he had a game. It wasn't really his game because we were young. We was in 10th grade, so he was like JV, and it was a varsity football mm-hmm, game. Mm-hmm. Seneca versus Northwest. It was raining. Like, it was pouring. It was raining. So my little boo came over. <laughs> <laughs> I am weak. <laughs> I had a, I, my hair is natural now, but I had a relaxer back then. Uh-huh. So it starts pouring. So my little boo, he understood. He understood. He understood. You had to explain it? You had to explain it. I didn't have to explain nothing. That's the boo I had. I didn't have to explain nothing to him. Well, it's a gentleman thing when it's raining. Go finish your... Finish finish your... Okay, so it's raining. So my little boo come over with his jacket and somehow, someway, he found an umbrella. We're sitting under the umbrella. We're watching a game. 
So I don't know if I had a cell phone or not back then because cell phones weren't really that big when I was in high school. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, flip phones, razor phones, but. Yo, I literally love to think about like how far we've come technology oh, yeah. wise, dog. Like, oh, yeah. It's so crazy to it think is. about, man. Because I remember the little Blackberry. Yeah, I, I remember texting my homies and texting was really just on like it was scarce you yeah, know what i'm saying like yeah. it was scarce this whole smartphone thing it wasn't no dog it was like sending a text was kind of like you were you know what i'm saying i remember i remember thinking how w- me and my homies would be texting each other like what's the move and just thinking we were so cool just doing that you know exactly. what i'm saying like, like whether we left the house or not, not the fact that we're trying text. to figure out a move exactly. through text is like you know. it's like dang we so cool we got the technology to do this <laughs> Straight we up. Go <laughs> like, straight up. That and we shit didn't was mind blowing to me, yo. Group messaging back then. Yeah, we didn't even have group messaging. We were so, just texting each other. Like yep. we were probably all talking about the same shit, Thanks. but just like to Not each e- other. Exactly. Like, yo, Phil said this. Well, BJ said this. Yep. Like, you exactly. Know what I'm <clears throat> so my little boo came over with his jacket and an umbrella. I will never forget this day. And I hope he never forgets this day too, wherever he's at in the world. And he comes to put his umbrella over and he's holding me. So we're watching the game. Mind you, I'm not good with football, but whatever I got to do for my blue. <laughs> so we're watching this game, and I don't think I had a phone. The reason why I don't think I had a phone is because my parents were looking for me frantic. But I could have been ignoring their call. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't really remember. But my parents were looking for me. So they go to the school. They're walking around. They're looking for me, blah, blah, blah. So they ended up at the game. Mind you, I'm just with my little boo, my own zone. In my not a care world. in the world. <laughs> So then my dad walks up. He's like, mind you, okay, so my middle name is Emene. It's Cameron. I'm named after my dad's mom. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows me by that unless they're like. <laughs> of course, I already know. I already know. I already know. <laughs> so, <laughs> please continue. So, nobody knows me by that unless they're friends or close family friends. So I'm sitting up under the umbrella watching again my little boo in our zone. And all I hear is, Emma. So I'm like, <laughs> You freeze. You don't even look back. I you don't freeze. even look back. <laughs> I don't even look back. I'm like, Bro, if I just stand still, he will walk away. So he keeps going. So I'm like, Oh. This nigga just screaming, so it does a lot of like a lot of people hearing. It's a game. Oh yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. So like, so he keeps calling. So then I'm like, turn over real slow. <laughs> My boo's looking at me like. So I'm like, yeah, that's my dad. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, oh. Pulls off his jacket, pulls off the umbrella. I'm like, no. It's still raining. Like, I get the fuck out of here. That would have been my instinct, dog. Like, like, not even, I can't even fake. That would have been my instinct. Bring the umbrella back. Straight up. Still raining out here. My go to mind when I'm in trouble is hey, guys. (laughs) (laughs) No way. Is this real? This is real so life. I yeah. my dad, and he's with my mom, and I'm like, "Oh, hey guys!" Yo. hey guys. That's funny. And though. so they're like, "Come here." So I'm like, "Okay." So I'm like, "Baby, let me get this umbrella." He's like, "It's Steve." It's Steve. So he's like, "Yeah, go ahead." 
So I'm like, hey, dad, what's up? Like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm watching the game. Like, <laughs> what do you mean? It's a game going on. I'm watching the game. Who was that? And I was like, my friend. <laughs> They're like, you know, like, who is he? Why are you sitting here with him? Like, we've been trying to reach you. We don't know where you're at. So I'm like, well, you know, I'm watching the game. I'm in good hands. We're good. Like, this is my friend. We're chilling. We're cool. We're good. So they're like, they're just looking at me. So they can't really Do like. Do you have condoms? <laughs> so it's my dad. My mom probably said that. But in high school, I don't think she was that lenient. I don't think she was that comfortable. So they're like, okay, whatever. They're pissed, but they can't really yank me away from him. So I go back and I'm just like, sit sitting watching the game and he's like are you good and i'm like no nah. <laughs> i'm scared to go home yeah. like i'm scared to nah, go home I feel you. so after that like we didn't really talk about it but um after a while he started to come around more and um we never really had the conversation but it was very obvious that he was my boyfriend mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. he was my boyfriend and um senior year came and we were still dating we were planning to go to prom together and my mom was like, so what color are you going to wear? Because we have to get the same color for your boyfriend. I was like, boyfriend? Respect. Right. I was, like, <laughs> I was okay. like, boyfriend? She was like, yeah, you have a boyfriend, right? You're still with the guy? And I was like, yes, I yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, they're okay with yeah, it. Like, so up. they ended up, long story short, they ended up loving him. Like, he became a mechanic and he worked on cars. So my dad will always like run into him at like um, NTB and he loved him. Like they were like, so how's that boy? You still talking to that boy? And even when we weren't together anymore, they were like, do you still check on him? Yeah. And I'm like, no, yeah. that man got like kids now. He's yeah. moved on. Yeah. But like, I really like liked him. Like he, I felt like he was like my man, like we were going to get married. Like um, we never had sex. Mm-hmm. Never oh wow, sex. that's interesting. No, I didn't. I did not have sex in high school. It just wasn't like no. Yeah, we never had sex, and that's how I knew he really liked me because he wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. He's a boy. He's mm-hmm. a man. He wants to. You know, we never did that. Um, we stayed close for a while. Um, he moved on. He has two kids. Um, I don't know if it's still two. Yeah, but he's happily in whatever he's in now. But yeah. back then it was just I didn't know how to like present. Like, hey, I got a boyfriend to my parents, and they just walked in and saw. And it was obvious, but they ended up, again, loving him. Yeah. Like, they were always asking me about him. They were always checking for him. They were always like, how's he? Like, you know, we ended up not going to senior prom together. It was a whole mishap. Really? I'm not going to get into that because that broke my heart. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that was That's my childhood. That was whole dating at home. And now, even now, my mom's just like, you know, if you have a man, you can come. But like I said, I don't just want to bring anyone home. Like mm-hmm. I have to know that this person's in for the long run. So it can't just be like, oh, we're talking or we're dating or we're having one night stands. No, no. I have to know that you are ready to be brought home. You want, you see this going further than just like you up text. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it has to be something that we're working towards something. Cause I'm not going to bring you to my family for you to temporarily be there for a month, a month or two and then just bounce and go. So. Straight up, straight up. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that's all interesting stuff. I want to kind of get into some other things that are, mm-hmm. I think are interesting about you. Uh, I feel like you're Alexandra the Great because <laughs> Um, I recently found out that you're also in IT. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm kind of one. I, I want to know, like, what what do you do? Like, what's your skills, talents, like in that world? So, 
I got my bachelor's of arts in um, international relations. Yeah. And I wanted to go into diplomacy. I'm all about cultures, traveling. I'm a very people's person. So I could see myself, you know, shaking hands, you know, kissing babies in different countries and stuff. <laughs> so I went the route. I started off at Howard University. I was a biology major because my parents were like, one of you people will be a doctor. Literally, that was me. Yo, literally, that was One me. of you people will be a doctor. That was me I'm at Hampton. First. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like, one all right, I guess doctor. I'm going to be the doctor. Like, yeah. <laughs> it ended up being my little brother, or it's going to be my little brother. But like, <laughs> it's just Listen, like, what I are you guys? <laughs> and both of my sisters are nurses. Yeah. So it's like, what are you guys? Are good exactly. At and I mean, I went that route, but I was like, I, I kind of figured out. I, also, yeah, like in that time when I was figuring myself out, like I was building confidence, so like I was like really on some like I don't want to do this. this is what I want to do, and it, it like it took a lot for me to like lay it to my parents yeah. like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you gotta come and <clears throat> present it with a portfolio. Like, like you gotta you, have okay, if you're not gonna do that, what are you? What gonna are you gonna do? do? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. And it's crazy because like in my own instance, um, I I, I did that, and I really I, I I had an answer, but they didn't believe it. But now they believe it's. Like, it's interesting to see the transition of how they are starting to believe as they kind of see it work. And the thing is, like I said, I haven't really, I don't know if I said this on air when we were talking before, but like, I haven't really uh, been, like, my parents kind of know me as somebody who doesn't just always communicate my moves to them. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? They, I mean, it wasn't always like they trusted me to do that, but like now they definitely like trust me to like, they don't have to know every single thing that I'm doing, but they trust that I'm doing the right things. Yeah, you but, have to build your way to get there. Of course. And like, this Earn is kind trust. of the first, this was kind of the first thing. Cause like, I, 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 I didn't tell them when I stopped going to school, you know what I'm saying? Like they found out like through my sister, like we were on vacation and my sister yep. just told them in passing, like I wasn't yep. in school anymore. She probably <laughs> yeah, my mom literally, like my mom literally kirked and mm-hmm. like didn't talk to me for like, like a like a month or so like mm-hmm. after that you know what i'm saying but again like it they sh- they saw it in the action you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying like they saw it in the action that i was actually really about what i was doing so they kind of like you know what i'm saying now they're not you know, yeah exactly they're mm-hmm. like he's good but yeah so like you got your um you went to Hampton or Howard for about I started at Howard I started as a bio major and i realized really quick like that ain't for me um, chemistry was not my thing. It wasn't my thing in high school. I don't know why I would think it was my you thing. You had to take orgo. Organic chemistry. You already the, know. Uh, you already literally know. Literally the devil in class form. Organic <laughs> chemistry yeah. is what will just scatter your Duh. head. <laughs> You're like, just like, okay. I had to take that joke. I think I took that joke three times. No, people don't... People, if you, you don't pass take it, it the first time, yeah, you're like a, you're like, you're like literally like a you're prodigy. You're, yeah. like, it's, it, like people hear about you if you yeah. do it one time. <laughs> you made for it if you pass it the first time. Straight up, you know that's your calling. That's God telling yeah. you to like shorty, this you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a prodigy. Yeah. So I started off at Howard. Mind you, I come from a very structured home. Like I am in sports. Well, yeah, working, school. I have my little high school sweetheart. Whatever. And then, um, boom, I've come from a very structured home. So, like, when I hang out with those little boo, nine times out of ten, parents got to know where we at, what we're doing, who we with, you know. So, boom, I go to college. I'm free. I don't have no curfew. I don't have nobody telling me what to do, when to do it, when to go to class, do my homework. I don't have nobody telling me that. So, I go to Howard. I stop going to class. I'm doing me. I'm partying. I'm experiencing things for the first time. And when I say things for the first time, I mean everything. And I'm not going to name them, but you can only imagine the things I'm experiencing for the first time in college. 
So, um, after a year, or should I say a year at Howard, I can't continue. I don't have the funds to continue. It's a very expensive school. Like Partied out. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like. So you went there for your freshman year. Mm-hmm. Okay. So my mom's like, come home. So I was like, I don't want to. You don't have a choice. Come home. We well, have winning. What, what, not to cut you off, but um, what did your like actual school situation look like? Were you doing well? Or? No. Absolutely. I did horrible. Okay. Okay. So it wasn't really right. an option. Okay, no, okay, okay. I did horrible. Okay, it makes sense. It wasn't an option. Like I, I said, sense. it like I had an option, but yeah, I yeah, had yeah. no option. Yeah, yeah, You were the you I were there. For, you were there was, for the social. Uh, you were the you were being the social butterfly. You naturally are. Exactly. And you know what's funny? College it takes on a different like. Like you really got to be. About you got Yeah, like you like it's it, it's a different level of discipline yeah. than you're used to after your senior year of high school. You know what I'm saying? Like, and what's funny is that I always heard that. I always heard that, but I was like, that's not gonna be me. Yeah. I was so perfect it's school. in high school. Like, but no I one's keep you. It's so much more accountability on your own part. Nobody's telling me come home. Nobody's telling me do my homework. No one's telling you get up for class in the morning. Exactly. <laughs> the moment you don't feel like going, you don't have to. Don't have, exactly. <laughs> it's all about you. It's all about so you. So guess what? Shorty did not go to go to class, but I was at every party. Yeah, I was a missing no function. Yeah. So I didn't do well. After you don't do well, you don't receive the funding to stay. So I was in a place where it was like, go home, rebuild, and come back. But it was still very expensive. My parents like, you're not gonna go and waste money twice. So you're <laughs> gonna come up. home, you're gonna work, you're gonna save your money, you're gonna go to community college, then you're gonna try again. And you're not gonna go back to Howard because you've already burned your bridge there. You still owe them <laughs> so much money. So I'm like, dog, please no. And that's low, that's a, that's an expensive school, ain't it? Very expensive. Yeah, yeah. But I saw my life at Howard. I saw what organization I want to be a part of, aka I saw everything, like from like Coming from Montgomery County, which is super diverse, then going to Howard, where it's like the black mecca, I was like, this is where, mind you, I love diversity. I'm here for diversity. I have all types of friends from all different parts of the world, country, you name it. I I got it. But there wasn't any experience like the experience of being around (laughs) prestigious people that are like you. Yeah. Yo, 100%. Because like what I will say... um, I don't hope this doesn't sound like shade in any type of way, um, but I feel like when I was in this diverse area, the people who were um, like like a lot of my white friends were of the same like I guess economic classes uh, mm-hmm. me, but like not so much like my black friends. And it's really not the based off the fact that my parents made any kind of crazy money because they didn't. But what I will say about Africans is like it's a competitive culture, so like. We, I, I really to this day even believe that my parents only bought the house that we live in to like brag to somebody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they bought a house that they really couldn't afford, yeah, and that they shouldn't have done it. Now that I know they're like, now that I know, like when mm-hmm. I was a kid, I didn't know what yeah, they were doing. Know. I was like, damn, we got a big house. But like I said, like we didn't really have the childhood of like getting whatever we wanted, stuff like that. My parents were very cheap, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Not frugal, they were cheap, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? But we did have a nice house, so people looked at me like I had money and I was just like that's just a misconception but I say that to say that you know what I'm saying a lot of like my white friends were more of the same like economic 
class, like I, I live in a neighborhood of like white people, so yeah. like, I was more uh, like raised around them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Other than like Serge and, and Teresa and them. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So when I got to Hampton, it was a bunch of black people who also who had more money than me. You know what I'm saying? Who like exactly. and it's not about money, but it's just the fact that like they didn't see themselves as you know what I'm saying second class or any yeah. type. You know what I'm saying? Like they kind of were. I thought I was uh, the humble ones and like they were the bougie ones. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's not the culture I was used to. So yeah. I. <clears throat> It's crazy because like early on, I didn't necessarily like Hampton, but I grew to love it because Mm -hmm. I did meet some of my best friends. Like once I found my once I found my space, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, like like you were saying to go to a place that was like prestigious black folks and Mm -hmm. black folks who had a certain pride about themselves was really Mm -hmm. cool for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I loved how I did not want to leave. I dreaded leaving i made some of my closest like friends in life at howard like only one year and i've made a lifelong friendship Mm -hmm. like people that i'm still in contact with that are gonna be at my red wedding that are gonna be involved in my children's life i met at howard Mm -hmm. so it's like i wouldn't trade that that time at howard for the world like it was the best experience ever but i went to howard i came home i worked then i went to community college and got my gpa up then i transferred to towson university so when i transferred to towson i transferred as a political science major and i was like mm, government politics is cool and all but i love to travel and i'm talking about like travel out of the country travel within the country but just travel learning different cuisines learning different languages learning different cultures that's what I was about. So I switched from political science to international relations, which is similar, but it's on a global aspect. So I did that. I graduated and I got a, I landed a job in my field upon graduation, a little bit after graduation, maybe like a year after working for the Federal Credit Union of the World Bank. So with working there, um, I got to interact with people from all over the world, millionaires, billionaires, people with money. Because I'm working at a Federal Credit Union, I'm guarding their money. So I know like I'm talking to people from everywhere. So it was a very interesting job. I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about people, point blank, period, boom. But after working for such a prestige company and realizing that like, there's so much risk out there. Like there's scammers, you know, like people call you and they're like, yo, your your computer has a virus. You have to do this. Or you click something as simple as like, that's going to, it's installing stuff on your computer where it's stealing your data or it's interrupting. After dealing with that type of institution, like money wise, I was like, think of how many more like things out there that can get hacked. Like, and I was like, I want to hack. Like, I'm John Nosey. Like, yeah. <laughs> I want to know, like, I'm trying to get at people's stuff. And I remember, this can tie into the relationship guru thing. <laughs> boom! You're so smart. So after working there for a little while, I learned the importance of, like, cybersecurity. I learned the importance of, like, protecting your information for thieves. Like, people you people don't even realize the stuff that they putting out there Guess what? On face on Facebook, you have your first name, last name, date of birth. People can take these three things and go a long way with stealing your identity, and you don't even know because guess what? You've put it out there. Mm-hmm. Like so, after like dealing with that background, I was like, "Yo, it's a lot of money in this field. I think I'm in the wrong field. I might like traveling, but I might have to do that for leisure, not for a living. I might have to switch into IT." Yeah, so, and that's even something I was gonna say because like if you like traveling, like to find a job that 
I don't know. I feel like to turn traveling into then your job after you travel so many times, it doesn't become it. like fun. It That's becomes special. more like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Um, and I, I just feel that way with traveling mm -hmm. in particular, you know? Mm -hmm. Definitely, definitely. So um, from there, I was like, I, well, I already knew I had to pursue my master's. Once I got my bachelor's, my parents were like, yes, not doctorate. And I'm like, no, I'm not <laughs> More school. Like, <laughs> Africans are so weird, <laughs> like, <laughs> Africans are so weird. It's like, show day, you're done with school. And, and now like, it's like, no. are you going to work? Or are you going to go to school again? And it's crazy. And it's crazy because I see it in my family amongst because I got I got so many not only just my siblings but so many cousins my mm -hmm. like in my age group mm -hmm. and just so many of my friends who are Africans and stuff like that I see it all the time where it's like dog niggas get to the point where they're done and then the next thing is like school again school again because <laughs> but it's because like, to keep your parents off your back like yeah. it's, it's like I feel like man it's kind of like my first time saying this thought out loud, but I feel like we're living our lives and not me because I don't do this anymore, but I definitely used to do this, but we're living our lives to like keep our parents like off our back or like yeah. to keep them just like content to enough for us to like live our actual Absolutely. lives, you know, Absolutely. and we do that through our professions yeah. and through our schooling it's like if we're in school then they're happy about that and we can do whatever we want like as long as we get our grades then we can do whatever we want like outside of school if mm -hmm. we're if we're the doctor then we can do that and we can do whatever we want like outside of that but yeah man like i just i just noticed that you know what yeah. i'm saying it's really yeah. it's really wild it is. You know it is it is it is and i won't even like i agree 100 like we do these things so that when we're done we can say okay i'm doing me yeah <laughs> like i did it okay i got leave. this doctorate leave me <laughs> but alone but just to your point like when you do the one thing, it's like, okay, next thing. Next thing. <laughs> exactly. So, so all your life, you have to go to school, then you graduate. Where's your husband? Okay, you told me to focus on my books. I've been on books so now this you whole time. Me, <laughs> I haven't had a social have life. <laughs> like, I literally haven't been social. It's always <laughs> something. Or you have a husband. Why are children? I want to be a grandma. Yeah. Okay, like, can you give me give time? It time? Yeah. So it's like, it's always something. But boom. So like, in my in my profession, working for the Federal Credit Union of the World Bank, is when I started my master's. This was 2017, and I was like, yeah, there's money in this. So I'm like, you know, I'm nosy. I'm trying to find out the T. So <laughs> I wanted to pursue hacking. And you know what's so funny as far as the relationship guru thing? When I decided to pursue my master's in cybersecurity, I was like, you know what I'm going to do? Boom. I'm going to start a service for men and women. You want to find out if your husband or a girlfriend, boyfriend is a cheater? Holla at me. You want to know what your boyfriend, husband, uh, wife was doing? You're going to hack into 14? their shit. <clears throat> Wait, so does like cybersecurity and IT teach you how to hack? Is that what it is? Legally, let's go with the legal part. You yeah. Cannot just, you cannot just learn how to hack. Okay. Hacking is something that you have to take interest in. You have to teach yourself. Okay. So they're not going but to teach you because- there's certain tools yeah, that yeah. like, oh, it's, yeah. it's like videography in my eyes. It's like there's certain like mm -hmm. base level things that we can, then you can build on top of that and do other things. Exactly. <clears throat> so in school, they're not telling you, okay, hack into this. <laughs> this legally, is how you get into BOA. <laughs> exactly. You can't do that. Yeah. But they'll give you the policies and the guidelines and then whatever you want to do from there is what you do from yeah. there. But that's your business yeah. because guess what? The school didn't teach you yeah. that. But if you so happen to be an expert hacker, of course, the government, different, you know, businesses, practices, companies 
will want you on their team. Because they need that. They need that. Yeah. They need to know where their vulnerabilities are. 100%. They need to know, like, you know, what do we need to protect? What is lacking? So that they're not the ones being hacked and brought down. So essentially, it's, it's like you you put yourself out of business before someone else can put you out of business. Boom. Exactly. There's a saying, there's a business saying like that. Yeah. You smart, you know how to hack. Boom. Check this. Let me see if you can hack in this. If mm-hmm. you can hack in this, we're going to have to figure out how to fix it. If you yeah. can't hack in this, we're doing good. But either way, we need you. We, need, we need you to know. know what's we need going to know. On. Yeah, exactly. 100%. So, um, yeah. So I'm finishing my master's in a month or two. I'm finishing in June. Mm hmm. I am um, currently pursuing work in IT, so um, all is going well. I'm blessed. God is showing off. I cannot complain. (laughs) I'm really happy with where I'm at right now. I'm just going with the money, and everything else is falling in place. So, yeah, that's my whole spiel around. um, uh, Right now, I'm contracting for the government. Um, It's going well. I'm just waiting on a completely 100% IT um, position. Yeah, yeah. So. That's super dope, and um, like I said, Alexandra the Great, man, you're also you're also a Zumba instructor. I am. So I'm I'm, I'm very interested in Just, knowing. Yeah, you know all the tea. <laughs> it's not even tea. Whether you remember or not, you told me this stuff at Gus's. I don't. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, we were we were both faded. We yeah, we, yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. But um, but not not only did you just tell me, but like I also you know I internalized it and like kind of like Absolutely. you know what I'm saying like I'm interested. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Zumba thing, like, how did that, does that come into your life? Because I, you know, what's funny is I kind of like took a mental note of this, but fucking the whole time I'm asking you like about your childhood, like what you're into as a youngin, it ended up talking about like dating and boys. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like, does the Zumba thing, like, were you a dancer in a previous life? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, how so does funny. the Zumba thing come about? That like, is so funny because. That's how you know something is my passion. Like, that's <laughs> Straight my up, no, yo, that's I'm the same way. I I'm get literally like I'm a I'm a pure content creator. I love like content and making content. The the thinking of like how to like build a brand. I love that. Mm-hmm. So literally, all my conversations. It doesn't matter where we start. It can always end in the same place. You know what I'm saying? But um, yeah, yeah. Like continue. So um, as far as Zimba goes, I told you I was on the step team in high school. I was ended up being a captain with my best friend. At the time, she was so... My best friend was phenomenal. She did hair. She was the best singer, best dancer. Anything you could name, she, she was the best at it. That's dope. She was the best. I loved her. That was my girl. That was my everything. Like She was my hairdresser. She was my inspiration. She was everything. So she and I captained the step team um, when I was in high school. We did it together. And um, dance was my thing. Step dance, step is different from dance, but dance was my thing. So after graduating high school, I come from a house full of men. So they're all athletic. My father played soccer for very, very long. I remember when we were growing up, he would always be like, you're going to pick tennis or you're going to pick soccer. Either one. Yo, my I'm dad loved school. tennis when I was growing up. What if I don't like sports? Like, I don't, I don't, <laughs> or what if I don't like those two? Like, He's you know, like, so. you're going to pick one. Yeah. Is it basketball? And I'm like, no, but <laughs> I prefer basketball over all of those. Yeah, so I'm going to just play basketball. But everything was by force. So it was like, so which one? So I'm like, dude, I don't really, I don't care for sports. If it's a dance competition, sign me up. Yeah. I was always like, yeah, I want to be in movies. No, you need to make a sport. I'm really? Like, that's interesting. It's interesting that they were like, nah, because I, I feel like, you know, the arts is as cool as athletics With to me. With African parents? No. Yeah. Okay. They don't care about the arts. Yeah. They like, mm, you want to pick doctor or sports? I think if I was a parent, I feel like I would 
ask what the interest are, what the interest is. Because if you can define an interest, I mm-hmm. think that's cool mm-hmm. as a kid. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like as a kid, I don't know. I mean, I was into sports, but if you would have asked me, I don't know if I could define what my interests were. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like because mm-hmm. I I was good at sports, but I never felt like I was super good or super like gonna make it. I mean, I, I wanted to, but mm-hmm. I never felt like that. You know what I'm saying? Like I didn't have kids. I didn't have like coaches in my ear telling me like, yo, like keep do working. It, you know what I'm saying? Like keep, yeah. you know what I'm saying? What sports did you play? <clears throat> I played basketball and football. Okay. Um, I played soccer like from young. I played, I've been, I, pre- I pretty much tried everything, mm-hmm. but what stuck like through like middle school was basketball and football. And then I like, I played uh, like high school varsity and JV football, like, like a regular, you know what I'm saying? Kid. But, uh, um, and but and that's kind of when I took it more seriously. But like as a young kid, you know what I'm saying? I was doing things kind of just because. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I never could define what my interests were. Yeah. So the fact that you could define like oh, an yeah, interest, I, I think that's super interesting. Oh, I already knew. I was like, I'm gonna be an actress, and I'm gonna use any route possible to get there. I will model, I will sing, I will dance, but I'm gonna be an actress. And even to this day, I still plan to act. Yeah, I plan to act. With acting, the good thing is that is you're never too young or too old. No, oh, so of course, it's like 100%. with acting, I can always pursue that. Is this so, something that you do? You like practice it? Like, is this something that you do in your spare time? Like, do you do you like? try to like play roles like like when you say you like it and have a passion for it Love how it. do you how does that passion play out like i always used to be musicals in high school i was in every single musical i did we had northwest idol i was in that i used to sing i used to when i tell you in high school i was active i was active mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. i was in everything everything extracurricular Correct. Extracurricular. Yeah. <laughs> that you can think of. Yeah. I was in it. I was in musicals. I was on. I was captain of the step team. I did everything. I did all the little competitions, singing. I used to. I wouldn't say forced, but I was forced to be in the choir at church. Like mm-hmm. I really didn't have an option. I love. Singing, oh yeah, I was definitely singing. forced to be in the church. <laughs> I had to be an altar boy for like four years. Ain't no option. <laughs> Ain't no, Ain't option. no option. Yeah. So. I was forced. I wouldn't say forced because I did enjoy singing, mm, yeah, okay. especially for the Lord. I love Jesus, so mm-hmm. I was singing I for the Lord. For <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I was singing in the choir, and um, I just did a whole bunch of stuff. But my parents were not into the the arts. They were like, no, 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 yeah, no, 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 no. Even now, they're like, you're still into the acting thing. Yeah, I am, <laughs> and I'm gonna pursue it. Like, <laughs> yeah. But like, um, I was into all these things, and I had to find my niche. So back to the original question. My brothers played all types of sports, from football to um, wrestling. They were both of my youngest brothers are state champions for wrestling. Super dope. Super dope. So it was like, okay, what are you doing? Because you're getting a, a, a little roly poly oly in this house, and you're getting kind of big. You know, you go to college, you come back with a freshman 15. What you about to do with your life? Straight up. I told you to, I told you to do tennis. You said no. You could have been Venus or Serena. You don't want to play soccer. What you going to do? Because you, you don't want to be active big. is what it looks exactly. like. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm like, dang, I really don't have an option. So after I graduated high school, it was no step team. I, even, I went back, and I was coaching them. Like, I was giving them, you know, like – tips and stuff but it wasn't the same it wasn't so keeping was like, you active too yeah. yeah so when i came back from howard i started running because i used to run and practice with cross country in high school but i wasn't on any team i would just like train with them mm-hmm. so when i came home i was like, okay let me go back to running running is the quickest easiest way to drop pounds so i was running 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 then i think a friend of mine i don't remember who or even when got me hip to zumba 
So she's like, yeah, this is a new thing. It's a dance class. You lose weight. Da, da, da. I was like, yeah, I need to lose weight. My parents tell me every day I'm fat. Like, let's go. African parents definitely won't. Oh, yeah. They don't cut. They ain't no cut cards. They yeah. tell you exactly what it is. Too how fat it or you're too skinny. Like, when are you <laughs> exactly. okay? Like, what are you never, in the middle? Never, like, never okay. I'm too skinny. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, everybody, like, every, like my, like my, they, not like, that my sisters were ever like big, but like mm-hmm. when you start picking up pounds, oh, just yeah. because like That's as your you life know. goes on, yeah, you know exactly. what I'm saying? You fluctuate. Like, like as a normal as down. a normal person, right? But fucking like my parents would definitely, yeah. Sorry if I I don't know <laughs> where not. that was. No, but you're fucking. Good. But yeah, like my parents definitely don't hesitate to let, and not not even just my parents. Like Africans in general don't hesitate to let you know where you exactly. stand. Exactly. Like on what's the up? Scale. Definitely. So I had to figure out fast. Like what am I going to do? I'm not a good basketball player. I play it for fun. I'm definitely not good at soccer. I told my dad, forget that tennis business. So it's like, <laughs> what am I going to do? So my friend takes me to Zumba and I'm dancing, dancing, dancing. And of course, dancing is just what I love to do. So when I'm dancing, dancing, I'm like, yo, one week turns into two, two turns into months. And I'm like, yo, I could do this. Like, I can teach this. So after high school, I graduated in 2009, 2011. My best friend, who I kept in the step team with and my whole girl, she was like, let's go get certified. I was like... That's a good idea. So we go get certified together since 2011. So that's about what? Seven like eight years. Eight years. I've been teaching Zumba. That's super dope. I taught it throughout undergrad. I teach it now to this day. It's just something that I do and I hope to do as long as I can yeah. physically. Um, I love it. That's it keeps awesome. me in balance with my weight because I don't think that if I taught Zumba, I'd be like, I'm a little thick, mm-hmm. you know, but I don't think I would maintain a good weight if it wasn't for the Zumba classes that I've been teaching, like, for the past eight years. It so keeps I you honest it. with yeah. your, yeah, that's dope. So I love it. It's something that I plan to continue to do, God willing, as long as I'm physically able to. <laughs> Straight up. Um, it's a lot of popping, locking, dropping, booty shaking. And you with come up Zumba, with your own routines, right? Mm-hmm, okay. I make up my own routines. And with Zumba... It's different. It all depends on your instructor. If you have a Caribbean instructor, it's going to be a little more Caribbean. You have an African instructor, it's going to be a little more Afrobeats. You have a Hispanic instructor, it's going to be all Spanish. I try to incorporate a little bit of everything from Bollywood to Hispanic, Caribbean, African. I just mirror it all. Um, I'm just kind of like my own curiosity as far as like teaching and instructing, did you learn that from anyone, or like was there any particular teachers you watched growing? Like, did you did you start off <clears throat> taking classes and like uh, really resonating with like a certain instructor or anything like that? Yes. So when I started taking classes, I was taking classes in Gaithersburg at Studio X. Um, the classes were really, really fun, really, really cool. And I tried to mirror what they were doing. So from mirroring what they were doing, I ended up making my own routines. And of course, like incorporating some of the routines that I learned from them. Mm-hmm. But as I started to pick up more, I started creating my own routines because you got to be up to date with the music. So it can't just be old, old music. It has to be music that people hear, like, and can move to. So with Zumba, you want to make sure that people are feeling the music, they're feeling the beat. And even if they're not catching your moves, they're able to move on their own to mm-hmm. the beat because they're feeling the rhythm of the music. So after a while, I had to pick up, I'm not only make my own routines, but select songs that'll get the people going. So most of my routines are made by me. If not, um, I will 
watch certain instructors on YouTube because it's available. Yeah, hundred percent. I learned every. There's not on one thing that I learned in the last six years that wasn't on YouTube. On YouTube, exactly. Straight so up. if I'm if I have a song and I'm having difficulty coming up with a routine, I can watch YouTube and then I would either mirror their routine or come up with a, t- a routine similar to theirs that's more reflective of me yeah. and my teaching style. So um, most of my, I think up to ninety five percent of my um, routines are created by me, whereas like there's a five percent that comes from like you know outside sources because I can't you know sometimes your yeah. creativity ain't always out there, so you gotta get a little hundred percent yeah like motivation inspiration type shit mm-hmm. yeah okay um, when you think of success who comes to mind hmm. that's a really dope question I'm gonna say Easter Ray you know why. Well, I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Issa Rae, I don't want to say she's my idol because I don't want to place anyone before Christ. Mm-hmm. But Issa Rae to me is very dope. Why do I say she's very dope? Because my vision for the long run is I do want to be an actress. But not only do I want to be an actress, I want to direct my own like films. Like I want to. You got stories you want to tell? Exactly. Okay. I'm a storyteller. Mm-hmm. Um, I know how to tell a story. Mm-hmm. So I feel like not only do I want to be an actress, but I want to direct my own stories. And I want to be in my own stories because only I know my them. stories that well. Exactly. Yeah. So when I look at Easter Ray, I look at her success. And she started off doing like YouTube, um, Awkward Black Girl. And then she moved up and she got her own series, Insecure. And I'm like, yo, this chick is dope. What's crazy is... I went back and watched Awkward Black Girl. I didn't see it when it was coming out. Like, you know what I'm saying? When it was pop, like when it was on on its ascension. Mm-hmm. But I went back and watched it. I'm like, dog, Insecure is an HBO version of Awkward Black Girl. Exactly. Like, they literally, like, her shit was so dope and good, like, in its raw form mm-hmm. that they just made that show, like, an HBO show. And I, like, as far as. I'm a, I'm a big film and TV buff mm-hmm. as far as like quality. Like I like watching quality shows mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I think HBO is one of the highest standards as far as quality Absolutely. television. You know what I'm saying? And quality production and quality stories. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So uh, just like the fact that HBO, like I look up to HBO and HBO like took a chance, right. took, you know what I'm saying? Believed in her the way they did. It's kind of why I went back and like, let me find out more about Issa Rae. Cause you know what I'm saying? I kept hearing about her story um, bef- like I saw Insecure and I liked Insecure, mm-hmm. but I didn't know much about her before it came out. You know what I'm saying? So when I started hearing like about her story, I was like, okay, because I'm such a like, um, especially in what I'm trying to do, like I'm the same exact way. Like I mm-hmm. like to try to uh, direct my own like skits and like shows and stuff and stuff like that. Um, so I definitely kind of like fell in love with how Issa Rae came about. Me too. Like when I went back and did my research on her, you know Me what I mean? Too. So I feel you 100%. I'm not going to sit here in front and act like I was watching Awkward Black Girl before Insecure. Because when I first heard about it, I'm not really... Funny enough, I want to be an actress, but I don't really watch too many movies. And mm-hmm. I'm not... And I'm going to speak my open, raw truth right now. I'm a fanatic for black people, black culture, and black love. Like, I love all cultures. I love all people. I'm very interested in all cultures and all people. But I love my people. I love my black queens. I love my black kings. And I will tell you, I'm doing everything I can to support the black community. 
You think so, you know it's interesting? Like, not even to cut you off, but I just think it's interesting that it's a trend because this is a trend. I'm not saying because you just said this, but like you saying this made me realize like it's it's kind of interesting how like I feel like black people are the only people that have to stake that claim. Like I am supportive of my of my own people, but like other cultures and stuff actively do that and don't have to stake that you know what i'm yeah. saying and like have to caveat it and i'm not even saying it like like That's you did it in a bad way i'm saying you did it in a way that we should be able to do that with have without having to say like don't get me wrong i love all cultures yeah. but i love my culture you know what i'm saying yeah. like yeah. you know what i'm saying like we i just find that interesting so much we yeah so and we got so, so much. we got good like we got quality product dog. <laughs> like you know what i'm saying Absolutely. arguably the most the highest quality product like, look at hip-hop and look at like black culture it mm-hmm. moves everything mm-hmm. so arguably arguably we have the most quality product but just of how the structures are, you know what I'm saying? We're not recognized as that, and we don't really habitually support our own stuff, like unless we actively do it. Versus like a lot of other cultures, it's just ingrained in them to support what's theirs. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I just found that very interesting. 100. But yeah, yeah. So, um, with Issa Rae, mm-hmm. I just feel like, um. Again, I, I don't want to idolize her, but when I look at her, her story means a lot to me because it's something that I see myself doing down the line. And I'm just like, once I was, I I, I want to be actress, but I don't watch movies as much mm-hmm. like that because I'm, I'm so into black cinema. Like, mm-hmm. can you imagine I just, for the first time in my life, I'm 28 years old, I just watched The Notebook for the first time and everybody's like, what? Never seen The Notebook. See? But I've heard of, I've heard, like, heard every, like I'm not, you know what I'm saying? When I say that, people, people like, get that same reaction. Yeah. I got the same reaction. I never watched The Notebook. Not because of any particular reason in general. I'm just so used to black cinema. Having watched it, do you feel like you've been missing out on something and you finally caught up? Or like, yeah. were you like, okay. That movie was amazing. Okay. I was like, what? You didn't, you didn't feel I'm like, tripping. oh, well, I, I, I watched it now. I was so like, I'm okay. tripping. Why did I not watch this in advance? Okay. And it's nothing wrong wrong or bad it's just that i'm trying to break out of certain habits because again i'm so used to black cinema (laughs) supporting black movies black tv shows where it's like not that i don't like the other ones but it's just like okay well i guess i'll watch i'll I'll check it when i check it yeah Yeah. when i check it and i watched the notebook and i was like wow what that's interesting i've never seen the notebook but i mean i i've always been diverse in my movie television stuff i get made fun of all the time by my friends because like i love sitcoms like mm-hmm. corny white people sitcoms quote-unquote yeah. like not, not i mean not friends but like seinfeld is one of my favorite shows yeah, that's good. Uh, i like the big bang theory it's not one of my favorites but i like the i can appreciate the comedy of it mm-hmm. like people like modern family is one of my favorite shows I, I get made fun of but i get made fun of all, all the, the time, time. because yeah, like definitely. those are some of my favorite shows because i i i, I appreciate all like i just appreciate good There's television and film you know what i'm saying nothing wrong with being diverse yeah. i think that it's important to be diverse like i love a broad spectrum of music Music. Like, if I was to play oh, a shuffle too, yeah. of my music right now, you'd be like, bro. Yeah, I'm the same way. Yo, I'm the like, same way. I got a little bit of everything. rock in there. I got a little bit of country in there. Yeah. I, Adele is one of my favorite artists. Really? Like, That's good. Ar- like, she's in my top five of artists. Like, yeah, if, if I could listen to five people for the rest of my life, she would be one, one of, them. of them. And honestly, <sighs> Only like a couple, like maybe two, there would probably be two rappers in there. Some of my favorite, like Paramore is another one of my favorite like yeah. acts. Like I like I was listening to their whole discography the other day because 
I, like that nostalgia. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like I grew up on Paramore. Like yeah, the, no. you know what I'm saying? It's really green, interesting. What is it? Green Day. Green Day was huge. Day, yeah. Um, yeah, American Panic Idiot. I was listening to the other yeah. day. Panic at the Disco. Yeah. Like I used to be huge. Uh, 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 you're, so you're you're from Montgomery County. So you and that's, I, was <laughs> I was about to like, explain to you like you were some from Hampton or something. Like, but you I was know what's funny? To. Is it because we're from Montgomery County that I we think 100 percent that's what it is. Appreciate. I think 100 percent of what is because the thing is like it was exposed to me in a way where. The only reason I like it is because I had the chance to hear it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. if I I would have never sought it out. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? If it wasn't for it was exposed to me and yeah. I was like, "Oh, I like this." And mm-hmm. I'm like, not even just that I liked it, some music that I music honestly has this way of um making you react that mm-hmm. you just can't like deny. You know what I'm saying? Like even even if you want to look at like the whole mumble rapping thing, like that whole like argument, I can appreciate mumble rap because Dog, there's some songs that just make me move, dog. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And I can't hate. Like, exactly. even if I can't understand a word, it, I can't deny that the song bangs it's, to me. You know what I'm saying? That's how I feel about Tatiana. Yeah. <laughs> I never Everybody even heard Tatiana. Oh my, I never even serious? heard Tatiana. But, like, people are like, that's a lot so of horrible. Lil Uzi's early content, a lot of, like, Young Thug. Like, Young Thug is one of my favorite artists because yeah. I think he's actually talented in the sense that bro if he's making a song that makes me move like one out of every three songs then he has something there exactly it's not like you know what i'm saying these you know what i'm saying 21 savage might drop one jump and i'm like oh okay i like this you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. but like young doug like every third or fourth jonah his i'm like this is my shit you know what i'm saying yeah. so like he like we have to appreciate the fact that he knows what he's doing he's tapped exactly. into something you exactly. know what i'm saying exactly. so i look at that but i look at that on all like i talked about the mumble rap but i looked at at all spectres whether it's country mm-hmm. whether it's like rock like if somebody's making music that makes me move i have to appreciate that and paramore Absolutely. has some of like my favorite songs ever adele has some of my favorite songs ever you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i just can't like deny that but Going back to the movie thing, another rapid fire question I like to ask is if you look at whether it's movies, television or books, mm-hmm. who is a character that um you really relate with? Whether their life mirrors yours or like you just like look at that character and you feel their you feel them, you know what I mean? Like like do you have a character like that? Hmm. Hmm, that's a really good question. I'm so ashamed because the first person that popped into my mind was Penny Proud. Penny Proud? <laughs> is because somebody made fun of the big feet? Is that because is that somebody made fun of your feet? I know no, somebody made fun that's of La Cienega feet. <laughs> I don't know why I'm thinking about Penny Proud. Like, randomly, I... I don't even remember what Penny Proud went through. Yeah. Proud, like, <laughs> I remember that cheer reason. she had. I'm Penny Proud. Something that I'm so loud. <laughs> something that I'm loud. I, I know I love that show. Yeah, I yeah. loved her family. They were hilarious. I don't know. I guess if she's the first person that pops into my mind, I yeah. have to go with that. But I'm trying to think. Of she like, was the oldest in a house full of, uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. I don't know she if it was all boys, but she definitely was taking care and of the a kids. Cool grandmother yeah. and all these friends. I guess I can relate. Yeah. That's so funny that of all the movies and shows I picked up. It's crazy. The reason the honestly, I'm gonna kinda break down how I came up with that question. Um I am a big fan of the show The Sopranos. Mm-hmm. And it's very funny when I say this shit. Like people find it funny when I say this shit, but like I really resonate and relate to Tony Soprano. Really? Not because yeah, just because like you have to like really watch the show to understand why, but I'm gonna try to my best to explain. Uh, he he lives like multiple lives because of the different relationships that he 
has mm-hmm. in his life. And we all do. We all have like different types of relationships where oh, we yeah. play different roles to different people, right? Mm-hmm. So he's a mob boss. That's one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I can relate that to being the uh, like decision maker and the leader of like my family's company. Mm-hmm. Um, over the last like five, six years, I've been running my family's company. You know what I'm saying? So Tony Soprano specifically, he's a mob boss and his mom is... Like his dad was the mob boss before him. And it's not technically him, it's his uncle, but his uncle is so old that like Tony makes the decisions, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And people look at Tony as the boss, but he's not by title the boss, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And his mom understands the dynamic of the business and everything. But like the relationship that he has with his mom is like very interesting, dog. Like he he has this like hatred. This is going to sound crazy. He has this like hatred for her, but also this like respect yeah. and like oh. love of like, she's my mother. She put me here. Like I can't, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Which comes in with like that Italian family, mm-hmm. like dynamic, you know what I'm saying? And I don't have any hatred for my mom, but she is my mother and she blows me sometimes in ways that she can't even fathom. Yeah, And it's it's just, like, sometimes I beat myself up because it's like, dog, I hate my, I, I, not, I don't hate my mom, but like I get mad at my mom when she's like trying too hard. Mm-hmm. Which is such a crazy thing because you have people whose moms don't even try. try. And like I get uh, mad at her because she tries too hard and it annoys me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And the real dynamic of the of the Sopranos is that Tony sees a shrink, you know what I'm saying? And he mm-hmm. tells like this doctor all of his like deepest, darkest like ser- secrets and thoughts, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Which he's really not supposed to do because of the line of work that he's in. And when he has those conversations with her, you th- you see his like thought process mm-hmm. so what i resonate with is his thought processes mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah. and that's what and but it's like it gets so deep it's like way deeper than i can explain you know what i'm saying that. it's just like really crazy clips. yeah because like it's a really like it's a big show as far as like american culture yeah absolutely. um and that's kind of what made me watch it but like really watching it and seeing the dynamic of how he deals with the different relationships that he has because of like the different roles that he plays in different people's lives just that balance and that like how also like at the core of it he's the leader in most like he plays the leader role in most of his roles you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying whether it's his like the father to his kids whether it's the husband to his wife whether it's the boss to his like mob family whatever he plays the leadership role you know what i'm saying yeah. and at the core of it dog mm-hmm. he be so like scared and lonely and like scared? vulnerable you know not, i mean not like scared scared but mm-hmm. like you know what i'm saying when, when he says shit you know what i'm saying his shrink will get down to the root of it and then you'll see like you're, he's like there's insecurity or like yeah. you know what i'm saying you when you get down to the root of shit you just see like what the root is mm-hmm. and as he plays those things out i'd be like ah, i can i can i can relate to that you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying and i've never to this day i've never seen a show that just like really touched me with a character in that way that's why I've always felt that way about him but the thing is like the contrast between his reality and my reality is so different that it's mm-hmm. like when I say I really relate with Tony Soprano Everybody people always be like wait what you know what I'm saying but it's like yeah exactly you know what I'm saying so that's and that's what brought me to that question because it's like I feel like we all have like a, a TV character or like a book character a movie character that is like a greater portrayal of like who we are mm-hmm. in, a, in a certain sense you know what I'm saying so that's where that um, must be came from cause Penny Proud nah but also <laughs> no but I wouldn't I wouldn't call that childish I don't like that's who came up to your head you know what yeah, I'm saying For so, so there's weird. there's a reasoning behind that yeah. you know what I'm saying now I gotta go watch Proud Family yeah um 
what is your superpower? If you had a superpower, what would you say? It, I it promise is? you that I have a sixth sense. I have a maybe it's a woman instinct or something. I'm trying to find a way to say this in a way that doesn't sound creepy, mm-hmm. but like I put two and two together. Really, I'm, I guess it's analytical. Mm-hmm. I'm very analytical, and I see things like boom. Like got it, like you know what I'm saying, I like boom, boom, dots. got it. Like yeah. you, you got you connected. Yeah, I connect the dots before everybody else can, and it's like certain things where I'm like, mm. like for example, my mother has an instinct. I always tell everybody that my mother's gonna know I'm pregnant before I know that I'm pregnant, and I don't want to say that I have that motherly instinct, and I don't want to say I predict this the future because I'm not that yeah. so raven, but it's like. I peep things. I'm very observant. I love people watching. Like, it's nothing I love more than people watching. Yeah. I love people watching. Like, if, <laughs> if people could be okay. like, oh, what's your habit? This is on your Tinder profile. Like, I love people watching. I love people watching. <laughs> because, like, I peep things. Like, I peep shit, and I'm just like, hmm. Mental note. And then when I go Yo, back I to that I feel like I'm note, the king of mental notes, low-key. <laughs> I, like, I take mental notes, notes like, all fucking crazy. day. Yeah. And my friends even tell me, like, yo, you called this. I'm like, bruh, I be trying to tell y'all. Y'all don't be listening. I peep stuff. Yeah. Like, I know stuff, and I may not say anything, and I may not react based off of it or or let you know that I know, but I peep stuff. So you don't get surprised by a lot of stuff? No. Yeah. No. Because I already called it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, I already seen it up. come in. Like, I seen it. Like, every now and then I may, may get it like, oh, snap. Yeah, because you're not on everything. But yeah. The things that you, yeah, the things mm-hmm. that you pay attention to, you pay attention I peep to. things. Yeah. I peep things. I definitely peep things. Like, I don't know if it's because of being in IT and being analytical with my job and stuff, but I definitely peep stuff. Yeah. And again, I don't react immediately, but when I do react, I do react and I let it be known mm-hmm. that I know. Yeah. But I peep things. So I guess if you could say that's a superpower... I don't want to say predict the future because that's just so Intu- intuition. You're intuitive. intuitive. Yeah, that's it. I'm intuitive. That's that's all I hear when I hear that. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I feel like I am to a certain degree too, mm-hmm. um, but I feel like I haven't cultivated it in the way that maybe you have. Just like I mean, not that I haven't cultivated it. Like I think I am, but I'm not so confident that I am. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I haven't called enough things to be like, oh no, I know what I'm doing. I feel like some of the things that I have called have like. Happened, happened but i didn't yeah. but also i didn't like act and and when i when i when i say this i really just to be honest I, I really think of it in like from a business standpoint you know what i mean like i see a lot of things happening in the business world mm-hmm. that i could call but i don't act on it because i'm not in a position to yeah. so it's like i can't reap the benefits like you know what i'm saying like early investing things like that and so i so i'd be like maybe i maybe i do maybe i don't i don't know you know what i'm saying until i can actually put my money where my mouth is right, right, put right, things right. on the line you you know, risk things it. yeah mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying but um um, I feel that you know what I'm saying. I feel like you're saying the same thing, just like yeah, in, you know definitely. what I'm saying in your in your arena. So that's super dope. Um, yeah, man. The last question I want to ask you um, is it's not really so much as a question, just more of like a if you could kind of like leave the folks with some whether it's words of advice, whether it's a, a way of thinking or whatever. Like what what would you know what I'm saying Alex's last like claim to fame or you know what I'm saying statement be to the folks Hmm. certainly never be afraid 
to hmm, let me figure out how to work. Yeah, take your time too. I don't want to say shoot your shot because it's just so cliche. <laughs> That's such a, and I think it has and a negative connotation. Like, not not a negative connotation, but a connotation as if it's like sloppy. Yeah, like shoot your shot. Like yeah, like like shots. Sometimes shots be calculated, and it's just like taking a risk. You know what I'm exactly. saying? Like it's a risky thing, but it's like it's calculated. And I don't want to just tie it all back to relationships and all that, but like life is really short. Mm-hmm. With the climate of everything going on right now, and I hate to always bring up Nipsey Hustle and all that, but it's just like that's just another prime and the most recent prime example. Honestly, I would love to bring up Nipsey Hustle because yeah, like, like that's that's something that's been weighing on me since it happened, it's man. Sad. I'm not going to lie, yeah. And I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm this gun ho Nipsey Hustle fan, <clears> but <throat> when you see a black man doing good for the black community, and you already know I'm everything black. I'm pro black mm-hmm, love. Mm-hmm. I'm pro black uplifting. I'm pro. And you see a man like that who has black love or had black love, who's for the black community, who's doing his best to uplift the black community, just have his life snatched away like snatched that. Snatched away, bro. It hurts. It hurts. I mean, from I, like a like a nobody like removed a somebody from like our lives. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I don't have to be a gun ho Nipsey fan to be affected. You don't have to be a gun. Like the thing is, you really don't. And I'm just. I'm like I've been super affected. Yeah. I've been super affected. Yeah. And the thing, I mean, I'm I I like his music, but I've been a follower of his um since you know what I'm saying like 0809 just yeah. because just because like I've always he was in that class of rappers who you just kind of had to pay attention to if mm-hmm. you if you were an adult in that like 08 and 09 area mm-hmm. like era that the Coles, the Kendricks Nip, Nipsey is in that group yeah, of them. Yeah. You know, he's like that. Like, you know what I'm saying? He came up, they're on the same freshman cover. You know what I'm saying? And the, it's funny because, like, the cover before that was the one, was my favorite with, like, currency in it, mm-hmm. or maybe the one directly after. But, like, all those guys, like, came up, and those are the guys that, like, are my guys. Those mm-hmm. are my, um, you know what I'm saying? Like the generation right before that is like the Jay Z and the Waynes. Mm-hmm. So like those are my guys, but like you know what I'm saying? But like these are my guys yeah. too. You know what I'm saying? So like to lose one of those guys is that crazy. Is. And honestly, one of the most out of that group, the most like thoughtful guy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The most the guy who like if you listen to any of his interviews, I've been listening to like none of his interviews since it happened, dog. And he's just he was so smart and so like yeah. intelligent in what he was talking about. So in a way that you just can't like it's it's really sad, man. Yeah. Like it's really sad that we just won't get that knowledge and like any more yeah. of that knowledge. We have what he's already spoken yeah. about, but the fact that we can't like build on that is kind of just like fucked up. Yeah. It's really 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 unfortunate. And like when I think about that, it just it just goes to show like you don't know when your time is going to be up. So the last thing I would like to leave is that like I know this is just so cliche, but live your life to the fullest. Life is not all about securing the bag or impressing your parents or doing getting that dream job. Sometimes it's about enjoying your life, enjoying the journey, no matter where you are, whether you're where you want to be or don't, or not where you want to be yet. Live every day like it's your last. Live your best life. If it's a trip you want to go on, save your little $20 every week, take that trip. If it's something you want to buy for yourself, when you die, them things don't go with you. Sometimes it's not about counting every single penny, dollar, quarter, nickel, and dime. Sometimes it's about enjoying what you have 
and how far you can go with what you have already. Yeah. So when I say shooting your shot, I'm not just talking about like going smack at the girl or the boy that you wanted to go smack at. Enjoy the life now because at the end of the day, you don't know which day or when your last breath is going to be. Mm-hmm. So if you're living for tomorrow, reconsider that and live for today. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's interesting. Just to touch on that um, further, uh, I was listening to a podcast with this guy who's um, he like runs one of the biggest like investment firms in the country, right? And he was saying how he works with like big people who make a lot of money and like invest a lot of money. And he was saying how sometimes, <clears throat> say if it's a man who's uh, like a who's like really trying to increase his net worth or whatever, he's investing all of his money, not spending any of his money, and that's just his habit. He's he's like in the habit of not spending. And then the day he retires, yeah, he was telling a specific story about a guy retiring, and then like a week later he died, and it like crushed his wife because like his wife found amongst his things like his to-do list and or like his bucket list and she was like yeah these are all things that we kind of like we kind of made this like bucket list together and now i can't do these things with him because like he's gone Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying like i have the money to do them but we just have the money because like he didn't want to do anything when he was alive you know what i mean he just wanted to keep accumulating Mm -hmm. and i think about that like i I just think about that story all the time because, yeah, I do want to accumulate wealth. I want to be a wealthy person, but only for the sheer fact that I so I can do the things that I want to do without having to look to anybody else to do them. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to I want to accumulate wealth so that I can like like it's more free money is more freedom to me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But, yeah, sometimes we can get caught up in that balance of like when to when to enjoy, when to work, when to Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, so that's. That's some like heavy advice, you know what I'm saying? Like that's yeah, some definitely. definitely some things to think about, you know what I'm saying? I've been a student for two years now. I started my master's in two, well, a student all my life, first of all. Mm-hmm. But two years now I've been in school and I've traveled a lot. And I may not make top dollars or make the best or the most money because, again, I'm in school. But I've been taking trips and I've been exploring the world. And I'm just like, imagine if I waited for when I graduated, like, and it was too late, you yeah. know? Like, sometimes you just got to take advantage of an opportunity when you can because, again, you don't know how long you have here on a, to do it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if you can, like, save that little $20 every month or yeah. a year. Yeah. You don't know where that's going to take you. You know, save that little $50 or put some money to the side. Enjoy yourself because life is not all about work, 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 work. And eventually when you have the money, you're going to do it. Sometimes when you have all this money, it's still not enough. Like, you're just yeah. going to keep working and working and working and then... And then what? You have yeah. no memories and nothing to live for besides the fact that you worked all your life to do this and now you owe, you can't even do it for real because your your health is deteriorating. So it's like, live every day like it's your last. Yeah. Great advice. Great advice from Alexandra the Great. Um, I appreciate you for coming on Thank here you. and doing this. It's been really fun getting to know you, having this conversation. Um, yeah, man. Do you want to... Say, I mean, definitely drop like your handles where people can find you, where people could hit you up for some relationship advice. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> Go ahead and drop um, that. Um, my social media name is at Olexi. It's a pun. Yeah, Olexi. <laughs> so it's O H L E. No, I'm tripping. No, you don't O-H- even know. It's right. O H L E X S E E. So mm-hmm. Olexi. 
Oh, let's see what she talking about. <laughs> exactly. So hopefully when I make it, I'm gonna keep that name, yeah. Alexi. Oh, you got to. That's good. I love that. <laughs> so, I love that. O H L E X S E E and that's on Snapchat and Instagram. I don't use Snapchat anymore. Mm-hmm. I used to use Snapchat all the time every day, but I don't use that. Yeah. People you definitely fell off fell yeah. off on that When they be these social medias they be doing too much. When they be updating stuff and people don't agree. You forgot why we came here. <laughs> you know, so we came, yeah, now yeah. you making it the same. Yeah, so it's yeah, like yeah. yeah, so I'm on Instagram. I am very approachable. I hope to remain approachable for the rest of my life, no matter where I'm at. What do you say? What do you mean you hope to? Like that's a matter of you. (laughs) You decide to or not. Yeah, I'm gonna say like like somebody else has the decision whether you do that. You're right. I plan to because I don't. I I always believe in being the same me no matter what. Yeah. I've been through so much in life where it's like I've always been unapologetically me, and I don't intend for anything to change. And I hope that nothing changes it. I plan that. I will not change. Like I want to be the same person. So, 100%. yes, I'm approachable and easy to talk to. And yeah, cool Holla man. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, thank just thank you again, man. Thank you. I so appreciate you having me. Of course, me. of course. So happy. What's good, folks? This is Mech again. Uh, before we go, I just want to thank you again for listening to um, this episode of this a podcast. If you enjoyed it. Please let me know. Hit me up on any of the social media channels at itsnation.com. That's at itsnation.com, D-O-T-C-O-M spelled out. Hit me up there. Let me know how you felt about this. If anything in this episode resonated with you, definitely save it. Listen to it again. Um, I do that with podcasts all the time. Share this. You know what I'm saying? Let Let your homies know about it. Again, check out everything that we got on itsnation.com. And we really got a talented team putting dope content together on there. And again, if you are interested in getting your podcast off the ground or uh, chopping it up about podcast ideas, you know what I'm saying? You want your voice to be heard, anything like that, hit me up. Uh, this uh, podcast at gmail.com. That's this a podcast at gmail.com. And we can definitely rap about it. Uh, But again, man, thanks. I appreciate you guys for fucking with the brand.